This episode is brought to you in part by Veridesk, a revolutionary stand-up or sit-down desk that I, your host, Kevin Miller, have used myself for over two years now. Today, over 90% of all Fortune 500 companies share one thing in common. You can find a Veridesk on their desks. Why? Research shows sitting is the new smoking, but people who stand more and sit less say their back feels better, they feel more energy, and they're more productive. All the details are at veridesk.com. That's V-A-R-I-D-E-S-K dot com slash podcast. Join the movement movement. Welcome to the Ziggler Show, episode 461. Today we hear from Zig Ziggler himself on the literalness of his foundational value and most well-known quote. It's this, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. Folks, this show is the very crux of Zig Ziglar's entire legacy. You're going to want to hear this. You're what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today is a brand new day, and it's yours. We want to also thank Constant Contact for supporting this episode. If you own a business, you know that success is all about relationships. That's why Constant Contact email marketing makes it easy to connect with new customers and stay in touch with the ones you already have. Its smooth drag and drop design offers the most simplified editing experience possible. And Constant Contact even offers free live coaching on the phone, online, or in your neighborhood. So if you ever have a question or need a little marketing advice, there's always someone to help. See how you can be a marketer with a free trial at constantcontact.com slash podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. The topic of this show today is one I've benefited from the most in my life. I was taught the concept and value of caring for others, and they will then in turn care for you at a really early stage. In my life, I've used this method to dramatically benefit my life more than any other bit of counsel. Actually, it's a saving grace for so many areas where I'm not so strong. Zig's going to talk to us for about eight minutes. Then I'll give you some supporting stories and perspectives. Buckle in. This message is a game changer. A few years ago here in Dallas, I was speaking at a, uh, an insurance company banquet. Uh, two vice presidents and I were seated uh, at the head table. I was in the center. There were three other uh, executives with the company over on this side. The lady who uh, was waiting on us, when she brought us the salad, I just kind of smiled and said, thank you. A few minutes later, she poured the coffee, and I said, thank you. A few minutes later, uh, she served the entree. And I said, you know, I'm just astonished that you're doing this so quickly and yet you do not seem to be in a hurry. And you're so pleasant to the people around you. She said, well, thank you very much. I appreciate your saying that. Well, the two vice presidents, when their coffee was poured, their salad was served, the entree was delivered, they didn't even grunt. They didn't say anything. And finally, it came dessert time. 
Now, the dessert was a chocolate sundae. In a nutshell, that chocolate sundae was a scoop of ice cream with some chocolate syrup poured on it. I exaggerate not one iota when I tell you that those two vice presidents got a scoop of ice cream about the size of a golf ball. My scoop of ice cream was bigger than my fist. I mean, uh, the chocolate syrup was running all down the sides there. And they said, well, Zeg, you obviously know this lady. And I said, no, I don't know her, but I sure know a lot about her. And they said, oh, how do you know that? And I said, well, I recognized right away she was a human being. And there isn't a human being alive who does not genuinely appreciate a courteous, enthusiastic individual who appreciates the effort that they were rendering. Now, don't misunderstand. I wasn't doing all that trying to get more ice cream. That's not the deal. I don't eat much ice cream. I found out a few years ago my body actually retains ice cream. So uh, that, wasn't, you know, that was not my objective. But again, uh, it just simply says that you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Story is told of a fellow who was giving uh, a tour of heaven and hell so he can make a decision as to how he wants to live so he can choose where he wants to go, what he wants to believe so he'll know where he's going to end up. Well, he goes to hell first. And there they had a banquet table set out that absolutely was unbelievable. It was a block long. Had every delicacy the world has to offer. All the fresh fruits and vegetables and meats and sweets. I mean, the whole schmear. The people seated there at that banquet table, uh, he noticed they were just sitting there. They're half starved. No smiles on their face, no laughter, no gaiety, no nothing. Then they took him over to heaven. And in heaven, they had exactly the same menu. I mean, every imaginable thing. But here the people were laughing and joking. They were well-nourished. They were having a marvelous time. They were singing. It was a wonderful place to be. And the visitor said, I don't understand. You got exactly the same menu, but in one place they're happy, and another place they're miserable. What's the difference? And uh, the guy said, well, had you looked carefully? you would have noticed that a three-foot fork and a three-foot knife is attached to the arms of each person in each person's place. Now, in hell, each person was trying to feed themselves and could not. But in heaven, they simply were feeding the person directly across from them. You know what I believe? I believe that's more than a parable. I believe that's life. See, in this life of ours, we live with an awful lot of people. Our ability to get along with them to a large degree determines just how happy we're going to be. If you'll check the records, you'll discover that regardless of how everything else is going, if you're not getting along well with the people who are important to you, you're not a very happy camper. Then if you look at it in the other direction, I don't care how badly things are going in every area of your life, if you're really getting along well with the people who are important to you, overall, you basically are a pretty happy fellow. As I said in another recording, psychologist Les Carter said that 100% of all of his counseling is because of relationships problems. Either between husband and wife, brother, sister, parent, child, neighbors, or whatever, there's where the counseling comes in because of difficulties there. I believe that winning relationships are built on trust, respect, and genuine interest in the other person. 
From time to time, you may be deceived if you trust too much, but you're going to live in torment if you do not trust enough. How do you build winning relationships? You learn from chess players and athletes. In chess, all of the uh, parts that you play with are out right in front of you. In championship matches, very frequently the chess master will get up and go around, and this is permissible, of course, and look at the scene from his opponent's side because sometimes they see it a little differently. I believe that's a good idea. Try to see how it is from the other person's perspective. Now, in athletics, uh, what your objective is, is you try to analyze your opponent, find out where they're weak, and exploit that weakness. The quarterback probes to find out where the opponent is weak. In boxing, you probe to find out where the opponent is weak. In tennis, in basketball, whatever, you probe to find out where your uh, opponent is weak, and you exploit it in life. In selling, in medicine, in management, in education, wherever you are, you determine where your opponent, that is your prospect or your student or whatever, you determine where they're weak and you strengthen that weakness. You find out what their needs are. You help them meet their needs and then you're going to be doing your job in the most effective way. How do you build winning relationships? One of the things you do is you eliminate gossip. Heard a little fellow say one time, well, I hate to spread gossip, but I don't know what else you can do with it. Uh, and, and, you know, like I overheard these two people talking, one of, and one of them says, tell me more. The other one says, I can't. I've already told you more than I heard. And unfortunately, uh, uh, there seems to be too much truth uh, in that. One of the things I try to do when somebody uh, says to me, did you hear about? And I say, well, now, first of all, let me uh, get you to do one thing. If you don't want me to repeat this and give my source, I encourage you not to tell me. Because I forget who tells me what, uh, whether it's a secret or not a secret. And it's too much of a burden for me to try to remember what I can tell and what I can't tell. You know me, I talk a whole lot anyhow. Go at 280 words a minute with gusts up to 550. So if you don't want me to tell, uh, just simply do not tell me. People don't like gossip. Did you ever notice that? When people don't like you, if they can, they'll hurt you. If they can't hurt you, they won't help you. If they have to help you, they won't hope for you. And if they won't hope for you, even if you achieve the victory, it is a hollow one. Dr. John Maxwell said that, and I believe there is so much truth in that. Hey, Ziegler friends, if you travel for business, I've discovered something really significant. The best new way for you to buy travel. It's called Upside.com. Here's why I'm a fan and now a client and telling everyone I know. Every time you buy a trip at Upside, you save a lot of money and they give you an Amazon gift card that could be worth hundreds of dollars. Before you book your trip, Upside even shows you how big of a gift card they give you. And remember, you get a gift card every single time. The way they do it is really clever. Upside bundles your flights and hotel together for one low price. Bundled pricing saves money, especially on business travel specifically. So Upside gives you free Amazon gift cards. And folks, I tested this. I just booked a trip from Denver to San Francisco 
two nights at a hotel as well. I first compared against the usual travel site I use and my upside package costs less and I got an Amazon gift card. I'm telling you, if you're a frequent business traveler, you and your company can save money and you can get thousands a year in gift cards just for buying your air and hotel together at Upside. Plus, you still get all your miles. You got to check out Upside.com if you're shopping for business travel. It just takes three minutes to see how much you can save by buying your flights and hotel together for one low price. I talked with CEO Jay Walker personally. He has a great pedigree as he's one of the founders of Priceline, which rocked the travel agency when it came to market. Jay's at it again with an even better offering in Upside. So here is what we've arranged for you. Use the code Ziggler, Z-I-G-L-A-R, and you'll get at least a $200 Amazon gift card. The code Ziggler gets you, again, at least a $200 Amazon gift card free. You can't afford not to do it. It's a no-brainer. Save big on travel and get a big gift card every trip. Upside.com. Minimum purchase is required. See the site for complete details. So Zig's lead off story about being at a VIP table and how he treated the waitress and his resulting oversized ice cream scoop story is truly a big deal. I mean, it's simple math, but it's missed by most people. We do reap what we sow. That's what he's trying to get across. So here are the thoughts I have literally when I'm at, let's say a restaurant, for instance, one, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. My example to the server and my guests should measure up accordingly, should it not? I have a responsibility to try to mirror love and care. That's number one, altruistic, right? Number two, you know, the server is just a human being, just like Zig said, deserving again of respect and care, no matter what their position. But number three, you know what? I really want great service wherever I'm at, because well, I'm selfish. I want it for me. And the best way to get great service is to do just as Zig did. Butter up the server, make her feel great. And number four, literally in today's day and age, I have a viable fear for the kind of service I'll get and what could be done to my food if I don't care for the server, which leaves us with, there are only benefits, only upside to giving respect and care and appreciation to somebody like a server at a restaurant or a convention as he was at. And no downside, zero downside. There's everything to lose by being disrespectful or even merely just not noticing, not treating them as a human being in your presence. If you treat them like a mere tool to bring you your food, chances are they'll treat you like an anonymous customer and give you the run of the mill treatment at best. You're just one of the many they're taking care of, but a little advocacy and appreciation and you easily become their priority. Easy math, common sense, that is just not very common. We're not taught it in school. We're not taught it at home, and it's not often exemplified out in the world. But let's take it further. What did the other people at Zig's table communicate to him? I mean, their level of attentiveness and awareness of the message they paid him to come deliver is apparent. They haven't gotten it yet. I mean, I was taught this stuff at such a young age. I'm so grateful. And one of the reasons, because my parents were students of Zig and, you know, literally for situations, social situations like this, again, like a restaurant, it's just been, it's incredibly valuable. I've been encouraged and I've been appalled as I've seen other people. And, you know, I have seen other people I didn't experience as overly caring. This is, this is true. You know, I would have I would have given a testimony to them as, yeah, not somebody who cares so much, maybe a hard charging business person just there for the bottom line, but I've seen them out in a place like this. Again, I'll use a restaurant as an example, be very kind and thankful to a server. 
They were obviously either taught manners or they learned what Zig's telling us, uh, what we've just talked about, the benefit of caring for those who care for you. But it's the sad part is I've also witnessed far too many seemingly saintly people, many of them, my Christian brethren specifically from pastors, missionaries, celebrities in the faith, treat servers like mere servants, like they're faceless people there to tend to them and nothing else with an apparent perspective of, uh, I think sometimes why give appreciation? We are here paying them to do their jobs. You know, they're just doing their jobs, but it belies the heart. And honestly, I I think a, a decent stroke of ignorance. So how about us? How do we want clients and customers treating us with, with gratitude for our hard work? If we're the server and in some cases in our work, at some point we are that to somebody else. Do we want them just treating us as uh, taking us for granted? Hey, they're paying us. It's just what we're paid to do or treating us with gratitude for the hard work, the extra things that we do, or that we're trying to work and do our best amongst who knows what's going on in our personal lives. I mean, it's the same at the home too. You know, my wife, Terry and I practice this at home with each of our, well, each other and our children. She thanks me for taking out the trash. I thank her for doing the laundry. We thank the kids for cleaning their room. And yes, there've been sometimes when a kid has said with true question, well, why are you thanking me? I had to do it. You made me do it. You know, to which we responded, well, yes, uh, but just like we have to make your food and provide your clothing, we, we appreciate being appreciated. We want your appreciation. And I appreciate that you did, in fact, clean your room, even if you were required to. It just is a spirit of it that pays off. The beauty of this message right here and now, though, is if you are listening, and this is a bit of new information and perspective, you are now in the know. We can all now bless the planet and get bigger ice cream from here on. Let's try it. Play with it. It's a bit of a game my wife and I play anywhere from grocery stores to restaurants to where we buy tires for the car, a hotel. Can we give appreciation to an employee and get them to smile? And how do they treat us after we encourage them authentically? Again, it's not just some tactic or strategy. It's what we should do. It's the right thing to do. But as Zig is always telling us, it pays off. You reap what you sow. You know, on that, my wife is an absolute pro at taking a cranky employee, someone we have the right to call to the table and say, hey, we're the customer. We're paying your position. You're the here to serve us. Our money is paying your salary, and, and I, I shouldn't have to bend to you, right? That's happened to you. Well, sure, that's justice in some sense, right? But do you want to be the mere norm? Are we here to be the mere norm? My wife will often say something like, goodness, so just meet them where they are, validate them. Goodness, you look overwhelmed. I can't imagine keeping up with all you're dealing with. And she'll just commiserate with them. It's amazing what happens. They usually take a deep breath, actually look at and notice her and often share and say, gosh, yeah, it's been so hard today. And my kid is sick and yada, yada. So my wife will, again, just sympathize with them, encourage, uh, encourage them and how great they're doing amidst all that. And it's, it's miraculous. It flat out is miraculous. Nine times out of 10, they'll straighten themselves up, feel some pride, and then go overboard to take care of us and often over, overcompensate. And, you know, they don't want to feel bad or be in a funk. A little appreciation and encouragement is like salve and fuel. I mean, we've gotten upgrades and discounts and bonuses and sometimes gushingly. And, uh, it's just, it's dramatic and they'll do it to the next person in line. It brightens everybody up. Tom Ziegler often does the same thing on airplane flights. He'll come on and give Starbucks cards to the crew and thank them for their life-saving care. It's almost hilarious, but heartwarming to hear how many times he's bumped up to first class just because 
of the blessing of appreciation. Everybody wants it. We want it. I want it. Don't you? And you know, even if he can't guarantee that, uh, everything's going to be perfect, but when he does that, the people around here, it infects them. Everyone on the plane benefits from the increased level of care. They all get as a result of respect, appreciation, and encouragement. All right. So then Zig tells a story of the guy visiting heaven and hell and the people seated at the banquet table. Isn't that significant? It's a life perspective altering story. Would we be the people sitting at the table with utensils too long to feed ourselves, desperately trying to figure out how we can get that awesome food into our mouths? Or are we the type who would realize, Hey, we can all help ourselves best if we help each other. It's countercultural. It really is. It's not the most intuitive thing to think like that. And I think that is that right there is the monumentally important thing to realize. This goes against human nature. It's not wrong and bad to naturally think of ourselves first. That's what we're wired to do. If that's logical, however, it's literally short-sighted and and settling for less, which is why it requires such unnaturalness. Working out and having muscles and being fit and trim is not natural. It will never just happen to us without us going after it. Being weak and infirm and unable and flabby and getting sick, that will just happen to us if we let it. We don't have to go after it. It'll gladly come after us. I mean, Zig's philosophy of getting all you want in life by helping others get what they want is radical. It is countercultural. It's counterintuitive. It's not the norm. It is weird. It's not going with the flow and it leaves us all with a decision to make. Do we want to, do we want the best with the effort it takes to achieve it? Are we willing to be weird for that? Or do we want the easy road, not the good or best road, just the easy one and settle for second best. If if that, and the only reason you are here listening is because you want what is best and true. And Zig is just fueling us for the journey, giving us permission and opening the road. Next, Zig talks on the power of relationships. If you have good relationships, you're generally happy. If you don't have good relationships, you're generally not. And he tells us that scenario that I love. Chess players look, go walk around. I didn't really know this. They walk around and look from the opponent's side. They look from the opponent's perspective and they see better. So it reminded me, my oldest son, Caleb and I, we play a lot of boggle. It's a, it's a word game where you connect letters to make words and it's kind of a race. And uh, we kind of made up our own rules. I didn't even realize what we were doing. We set the timer for three minutes and play the game. Then we flip the board around 180 degrees and play another three minutes. And I'm always blown away by how many more words we see when we merely flip it around. We could see all the letters before, but a different vantage point makes it a whole new game. In her book, Fierce Conversations, author Susan Scott, who I've already hit up to be interviewed here on The Ziegler Show, she talks about this in regards to a beach ball. She says, if you go into a company meeting, you know, everybody's there from the sales team and the different the marketing team and the accounting team. And everyone comes from a different color of the ball. You know, the marketing team sees the green side and the sales sees the red side, the accounting, uh, they see from the blue side and so forth. And the beauty comes when we can respect these different viewpoints and work synergistically with them. See from the other's standpoint, understand what they understand, stand in their shoes. It's that old verbiage, but again, countercultural, but the power is dramatic. All right. We've got two quick points to hit after I thank Captera for supporting this show. It's the place you need to check out before you buy any software. 
I run so many of my businesses using online technology, email marketing platforms, text marketing platforms, websites, and hosting companies. While I love using these software products, it can be mind-blowing to figure out what to use. Captera has made this all incredibly easy. Take membership management for a health company as an example. I went searched for it by category. Captera gave me 185 all of them have reviews. I can search by three stars or four stars or higher. I can filter by web-based or installed or by most popular. Then check this out. I can check the box of as many as I want, then hit a link to compare them. It's just brilliant. Captera has an easy-to-use website with over 400 categories of software to choose from. Whether you need help with website building, customer service, or project management, Captera is the place to go. And here's the best part. Using Captera is absolutely free. No obligation. You don't even need to register. It's a free resource that will help you make the right software decision. So join the millions of people who use Captera every month by visiting captera.com slash Ziggler and find the software that will help you do what you do better. That's Captera, C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A.com slash Ziggler to start your search today. Well, Zig mentions gossip and the harm that it can do. Dave Ramsey, one of our folks we just love and align with, he's a, a guest on our show. His daughter, Rachel Cruz, has been a guest on the show. At his office in Brentwood, Tennessee, he's got a lot of, of employees, maybe 300 or so. They have a no-gossip policy at the company. Can you believe that? You can actually be fired for gossip alone. That is significant, and that speaks to what he knows is the pollution, the poison of gossip, of talking about other people. I mean, folks, Zig overall here, he's talking about, again, the right thing to do. But over and over and over, he wants to drive it home to us. He's showcasing with all the impetus he can muster that the right thing to do will also benefit us more than any other way. We have more on this topic that we're going to be hitting on with some other significant guests coming and some shows not too far off. Thanks for being with me today as we all walk toward inspiring our true performance. I'll talk with you in the next Ziggler Show.